You're listening to OK Now Listen, a bi-weekly show where we chat about what's on our minds, what we're binging, and what's blowing up our timelines. I'm Scotty Beam, a media personality, content creator, music enthusiast, and a wing connoisseur. And I'm Sylvia Obell. I'm a culture writer, host, producer, and lover of Beyonce. We're about to find out in a few minutes. It's March, Sylvia. <laughs> it's March, which means officially a whole year since we've been in the motherfucking house. Dead ass. Inside. A whole year. It's crazy because season one, which is what I'm calling year one of the of the demic, I think part of me was like, yeah, you know what? Some downtime. Cool. Like the people dying part is like not cool, but like the time to sit down and just be at home and like not have to go in there. Great. Season two, I'm like, okay, God. <laughs> even, my, even me, very content with my with myself and being alone and being in the house is starting to be like, all right. I didn't know this was going to be a whole 365. Like the first week of March, like that first Saturday of March was the very last time I stepped out. It was the very last time I stepped out just out of the house to go to a, like just a, a big, large restaurant gathering, like up with people, like was it's crazy. It's crazy. It's it's yeah. I'm I'm having a hard time remembering things in 2019. <laughs> like I feel like because it felt it, it's a year. It feels like three years. Yeah. So I'm like, oh man, like I don't even know the last time I did this, and you know. My mom would remind me and be like, that was 2019. I was like, oh, well, it don't feel like it. It feels like three years ago. <laughs> so, yeah, it just, it, it ugh, I don't know what I'm going to do this summer. I am dying to explore. I've never wanted to explore so bad in my life. When I tell like, you we are booking every flight the second we can. Oh, my God. I'm like, everybody, hey, Scotty, um, you want to go? Hey, Scotty, you want to go? Um, yes. Hey, you want to? Um, yes. 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 <laughs> Not even, I don't even want to know where we're going. Yes, I want to go. <laughs> That's how like desperate I am. <laughs> like it's so crazy. It's so insane. So yeah, I'm I'm just ready for the snow to go away and ready for a spring to come. I'm excited. No, I'm 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 hoping I'm hoping that comes. For, I'm excited for that to happen for you, too, Sylvia. Please don't make me reach through this motherfucking computer. Like some of us have. I was trying. Have, don't have an experience the snowfall. As soon as I said oh, that, I said, damn, I fucked up. Because she's about to say something. Ben Spring shit. over here, baby. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, but right. you know, moving on. <laughs> Another thing that happens in March, like the spring, <laughs> is Women's History Month. March is Women's History Month, which, you know, mm -hmm. celebrating black women is something we do quite frequently on this podcast. So having a month dedicated to doing it doesn't really change much for us. Just nah. like how black history. We just triple it. Just how black history month ain't really change much for us. Like, no, we black, the black, black, black. We, 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 we women. I don't, you know, like it is what it is on both, both sides of the coin be stressing us. But, you know, happy yeah. to be here. So happy to be here. <laughs> Um, it absolutely doesn't, but it, I'm always down for any reason to give flowers to women who have helped shape me. That's why I'm so excited to get into this convo with you about some of the albums. Ah. Albums. We're talking about music by black women that have helped us shape who we are. So I'm just excited to get into that with you because I don't think you talk about albums enough, Sylvia. We need to talk about music more, Sylvia. Yes, I love, I'm excited for us to talk about music more and not even just like from a purely like analytical look, but like even just personally, like like you said, like how it made yeah. us, how it shaped us into women mm -hmm. we are. These are by no means our favorite. We're not, we're not here to rank nothing. We're just talking about albums mm -hmm. that impacted us as women as we enter this Women's History Month. So Absolutely. And that's my favorite thing to do. My <laughs> yeah. favorite thing is to talk about music and feelings. Yes, let's, let's do it. it. <laughs> Surprising to absolutely no one, music has been so instrumental in shaping who I am. I mean, black women especially have done so much to help guide me into womanhood. So let's not waste any more time and let's get into these albums, okay? <laughs> First up, for me, mm -hmm. it's going to be Super Duper Fly by Missy Elliott. Mr. Right? Mina! Let yes. me tell you something. Tell us. Missy, you know... 
Missy changed the game in music and changed my life. Uh, Super Duper Fly introduced me to talking my shit and talking my shit and making it impossible for people to recreate my shit. Mm. Like she introduced me to that kind of real like reality. Yeah, like yes, she's the skill. She has the skill, but it was more because of who she is. And like just a song like I'm Talking, it's on a track, it's on Super Duper Fly, where she's literally saying my style is one in a million. Like my, fu- I'm fucking fly. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to always have this confidence. I'm always going to stand 10 toes down on who I am and my skill. And it speaks for itself. Like track after track, the audacity got louder, the funk, the bounce. Like Missy Elliott has this beautiful way of making you feel like she's your sister and she's sitting on the couch and she's telling you what the tea is. She's giving you game. Like, I feel like Missy gave me so game, much game. Especially when her lyrics marry with the flow. Like, it's just, it makes it sound like, hey, sis, like, I know, like, best friend. You mm-hmm. ever best friend with Aaliyah? Mm-hmm. Yes. When yes, she yes. sits down with her and she's like reading, she's reading you to tears. It's kind of <laughs> like how you do me, Sylvia. And you're like, hey, I'm telling you the truth, but it's with a little razzle dazzle so you can feel a bit better. Because <laughs> I just love a little razzle dazzle. I was trying to do this right. in the nicest way possible. <laughs> right. But and that's what the melody is for. That's what the, the melody is for. <laughs> to calm you. The melody is for like, hey. <laughs> You ain't, you know, like that nigga be playing with you, right? Like right. you keep running back to me telling these same fucking stories. I keep telling you, you know what I'm saying? So I I fucking love that. Missy, I feel like Missy came like just a thief in the night and we had never seen anything like her prior to her. To your mm-hmm. point about her originating, like she was, she did, you know, this was ni- this was the 90s. This was 97. Like we were in the thick of like little Kim Foxy, you know, just like sexy hip hop and it was like Missy looked you know she didn't look like the other girls like she wasn't she wasn't built like that she was like her and Queen were two of the first like plus size women in hip hop that we were seeing but unlike Queen and I love what Queen was doing we were Jersey all day but like Missy was talking like Kim and them though like Missy was like don't let the size fool you I'm going to get mine I'm the Missy's the first one who she's the first one like she was talking to me about how to get your orgasms baby you know talking about we're having sex too baby like don't let my tomboyishness fool you like and I love that she was able to talk sexy and be a tomboy and she was just a lot of juxtapositions that like I was really here for at that time because in 97 even Scotty where were you I was seven years old yeah but I I was a dark-skinned little girl who loved sneakers who loved you know who loved uh, baggy clothes, who was really into like hip hop. Like I loved it. I was seven. Yeah. I was into hip hop. My sister would blast Missy all up and through the house with her, her friend Patrill and Ashley. And they was like the <laughs> coolest girls in the Bronx. And they would be like walking around listening to the music. But like to your point, like sometimes hip hop has this traditional mindset. We get caught up with putting hip hop artists in boxes. Yeah, like there's and a formula. And Missy freed herself and hip hop and me, Woo! like and with creating us. a space, you know, for people who color outside the line, shit, people who color out, off the paper. You know, that's what makes masterpieces, mm-hmm. not allowing criteria to determine your craft and who you are. Like that's the masterpiece. Yeah. You know, I am forever grateful for her showing me how to be me and and how happy I should be to be me because there's only one me and there is only one Missy and no one can do what Missy No one did. can. Not a soul. Nobody. Not a soul. You can be influenced by her. Absolutely. Yes. You can be inspired, but you cannot do what Missy has done. Absolutely not. So yeah, that's my first album. Yeah. Love her. She is Forever, my lady. Like she's yeah, come on, forever, so, yeah, my lady. You better Joe. Forever, you better Joe to see her. You better stay in the time period. <laughs> Hello. Go ahead now, Sylvia. You tell me why. Okay, so the my the first album I'm gonna talk about um, is in no particular order, also, <laughs> but it is songs in A minor by Alicia Keys because okay, y'all, the year was 2001. <laughs> believe and I was 11 
I was, you know, I was young. Uh, but I also, like Scotty was talking about, said like, 97. Either if you have, like, an older cousin or, like, an older sisters. Like, my older cousin, who's, like, 11 years older than me, lived with us for, like, ha- most of the 90s. So I felt like mm-hmm. I was coming out the gate with a very mature music base. But what I loved about Alicia Keys and songs named Minor was I remember the exact moment I heard Alicia Keys' voice for the first time. Like, I was in my mm-hmm. basement which was my dad's man cave at the time. But sometimes after school, I would be the only one home. So I'd go, because kids, that's where the only computer in the house was. I know you guys don't know nothing about that. (laughs) But that was the situation. So I literally was in the basement watching TV, probably TRL the 106 and Park, and the video came, Fallen came on the video. I was down there with my god sister. And if you know Fallen, it comes out the gate like, I keep on falling. No music. Acapella. And I'm like, I turned my head, like, I broke. You want to talk about the definition of breaking your neck? I broke my neck from the computer. Like, who is the. And I was, I sat and watched the whole video with my mouth just open. And I can't remember, like, it was probably one of my first experiences with discovering somebody for myself. Uh. And you know, like the like when somebody's not putting you on, but like you see it, you and like it was your moment. And I remember thinking, I looked at my god sister. I said, "She's gonna be a star." Like I don't know who this girl is. I barely caught her name, but like we're not gonna stop seeing her. Like I know, like I don't know, I ain't no A and R person, but I know. <laughs> I was like, this is a voice. And then she came with songs named Minor and the album. You want to talk about a perfect I mean, debut album? Let me tell you something. She, like, I just, sorry, I have to catch my words because it was like, no, I'm not going to be a one-hit wonder. The talent is here, and I'm going to take you through <sighs> these Prince covers. Like, how come you don't call me? Which she fucking killed. Like, you don't take a Prince song and not play about with, the like, cover. <laughs> you don't just take a Prince we song don't. and put it on your debut album? Like, to get that yeah. blessing? That's how you know the industry yeah. knew Alicia was going to be it. And, like, she mm-hmm. came in so strong. And I just really loved, I think what I loved most about, especially that first album, like, because Alicia wrote, she writes a lot of her music. And, like, she wrote some heavily in that first album where she was saying, like, it felt like things that I would write in my notebook. But, like, so, like, I feel like mm. our writing style, it was, like, very similar to, like, the little sad poetry I was writing about my developing feelings and, you know, like, stuff like that. And so, like, I really enjoyed hearing them. Like, songs like Why Do I Feel So Sad or Butterflies or Caged Bird. Like, I remember Caged Bird is what made me go out and buy Maya's book. Girlfriend was it for me. That was the more I think I'm jealous of your girlfriend. girlfriend. But even just that 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 feeling, I was like, you know, oh, like that is a thing that when you're because I think like the other thing about this time period too, like eleven, twelve, like I was just starting to like like boys. Obviously I wasn't in a relationship yet, but it was like me starting to get like acquainted with feelings of like you give me butterflies. You you know what I mean? Like, you mm-hmm. give me something mm-hmm. I just can't deny, something that's so real. I just can't control the way I feel. And it's like, and let's not talk about how Drumline, that scene in Drumline when they played that song too was it in the moment. But I, yeah, the whole album, like, like I said, we said, how come you don't call me Fallen Troubles? I mean, and then she was having you find your worth with a woman's worth. Oh, a like, woman's worth. Doom. Like, had doom, you. Doom. Realize <laughs> you can buy me who diamonds. you are. Huh. Listen, you can buy me pearls. And um, let me tell you, you know what else was my so never felt this way. I was so hype about that interlude because that is my like. You know how people used to pick your wedding songs, like you know, like used to think you knew what your first dance wedding song was going to be. Like that was a corny thing you did uh-huh. growing up. Like Brian uh-huh. McKnight's "Never Felt This Way" was that song for me. For like honestly, sometimes I still it still might be if we ever get there, but like. <laughs> Like, it's always been in my top five songs, like, might be my wedding song one day. So even when she was just covering songs that I was like, oh, my God, like, I love this interlude. And, like, yeah. So for me, Songs Name Minor is just a perfect album. And I don't feel that way about many albums, especially many albums that came out when I was alive and there to experience when they came out. So that's why that album will be very special to me. And just because it just allowed me to emote in a way that felt very familiar to where I was in my life. I loved it. And Alicia was just so talented. And she 
was playing the piano, like the vocals were there. It wasn't like, it wasn't, because it was like a very poppy time, like packaged poppy time. And it was just nice to see somebody with the raw vocals who could just come in and be talented and sweep the Grammys. So yes, that, that's mine. So what's your what's your next album? What's the next album that did up for you? Oh, so, all right. <laughs> so about five years ago, mm. I had to start reevaluating the things that were no longer serving me and asking why I kept them around for so long, including people. And um, why I kept embracing my inner masochist, like why I was becoming the hurt people that hurt people. You know, I had mm. so many questions. And at 25, I realized that there were some things uh, and some growing up I had to do in order for me to thrive. So I had to take this very seriously. So I'm walking down the aisle in Walmart. And I'm, I have, you know, sometimes I play the shuffle. And Bag Lady comes on. And I could not keep it together. It hit me so differently. And I know it came out in 2000. I was 10 years old. And some of these albums, too, came out earlier. Um, but me rediscovering it as an mm. adult mm -hmm. hit differently um so i couldn't keep it together i was an absolute mess so then i said like you know erica badu may be telling me something and i need to listen to the album like i need the answers mm -hmm. right now you know erica badu was asking me like why the fuck was i carrying all of this mm. like bag lady what was the reason when you're older like when you're a kid like right. when it first came out it was like a like it was like because it was everywhere like it, i don't we were 10 but it was everywhere i remember that video being on tv all the time it was in the car it was like her big single but like yeah. It was like bag lady, and I used to joke with my mom like, "See, mom, you got to start carrying all these bags." Not realizing that I was really reading her deeper than I thought I was. I had no idea because I really I no she just idea. used to carry so many bags. It just hit me completely differently when you realize she's talking about emotional bags, baby. You're carrying so Ooh, much that what hurt. Are you carrying all this that hurt and let mm, it go. Let it so then, go. like, um, I left the Walmart. I went to the park and I sat and listened to Mama's Gun over. Mm. And began to dissect it for, you know, because of the album, but also because of my life. And I needed some things from Erica Badu. Like, you know, Erica showed me what her black womanhood looked like. And she showed me how to define it for myself, especially with becoming, you know, more conscious of what's going on in the world. Right, right, right. Like, you know, penitentiary philosophy and AD 2000. Uh I started to really question what was going on in the world, question how serious I was taking my life, mm. you know, on like times of wasting. Don't you waste your time. And although she was talking to men, yes. I felt like she was talking to me. Yeah. Like you, you got to get some things in order, get your life together, uh, start opening your eyes and seeing what's going on outside uh, and how this affects you. You know, and then she told me to embrace and celebrate the body that I have with Clever and Booty. I love the songs you're naming because like, it also shows me like how like a, a good album has like everybody will have favorites and they'll all be different favorites and they'll all be warranted because all the songs are good. Right. Probably my favorite Erica Badu song, period. Just the way when especially when she performs it live is on this album and I'm still waiting for you to name it. But I love that like. All of you, like when you're talking about booty in AD 2000, like songs I probably don't listen to as much on this album. I'm like, dang, that's a good point. Like, yes, this album has this too. Like, this actually was like, she was talking about some real things on here, some real social. She was issues. talking about some real shit. And like, at 25, I really was searching for some answers, child. But I knew that if Erica was going through this shit, and of course, I see Erica as like the goddess of gods. Like she's a problematic guy, but she's she got it. But she um <laughs> at the point five years ago, she could do she could do no wrong. But yeah, I, I was like, okay, if she's telling me to embrace the body that I have and also like with booty, 
you know, telling these some of these women, like, I don't want your man, child. Like, even if he does want me, I do not want him. And that was a, a, whew, a notion, a notion that we wasn't right. hearing about. But I was like, listen, Stop. talk about Get it. Talk me. about it. I saw like um ja- that woman in the Jasmine Sullivan interlude. Talk about it. Talk about it. Right. But man, didn't you know? Oh, didn't, didn't you, you know? know is yes. my favorite Erica Badu song. And it is on that album. And I... I don't even know why. Like, I think it's just because I love, like, the thing about Erica is the texture of her voice for me. It's the tone of her voice for me. It's very much like, it's just such a unique sound. And I love the way she just mm-hmm. floats over certain words and, like, melodies. And Didn't You Know is mm-hmm. one of those songs for me. And I had the blessing. Top five moment at BuzzFeed is when it was Erica Badu came. We used to have people come and do little office performances sometimes. And she happened just happened to have Robert Glasper with her. Just happened to. And mm-hmm. he played the keys while she did Didn't You Know. And they did like a little special arrangement of it. And I, it like, it doubled down. Like it was like, and it was like 15 years after the album came out. And it still hits. It still hits. Can we talk about the magnum opus that is Green Eyes? Yeah. It is 15 hours long. And I still know every word by heart. It is an album in a song. Honestly, like she splits the arrangement up and each, it like each, it's like a five course meal. (laughs) Right. It fits, it fits the feeling of how each phase is supposed to go. Even like the melody, it changes, like shit changes because that's how you get when you're grieving a relationship. You have phases. So like, it was mind blowing to me. And that was part of my issue with like 25 is when I was going through like a, a breakup. I wasn't heartbroken, but I just was like, what is happening? Like I, I just, I Green Eyes was perfect for me. Like as far as the lyrics are concerned mm-hmm. and the phases and and how like she changed it, changed arrangements. Like it, it just, it fit exactly what I needed yeah. at the time. There was so much vulnerability on that track. And like you said, it was just going like deeper, deeper through the stages of grief and like acceptance and letting go. And even just when she's like, I'm insecure, but I can't help it. Like my mind says move on. <laughs> but like, it's but like my heart, heart lags behind. behind. And it's like, but I don't love I you don't anymore. Love yes, I do. I think love yes, you. Do, it's think. like, yes, it was the like it just described the the conflicting feelings that you go through when you yeah have to. yeah mm. right. Woo, let me tell I you, love that. I love it. Drake ain't the first one, and he let me tell you, he wasn't the first one switching the melodies mid track, baby. Okay, Gen Z, I just wanted to let y'all know. Right. <laughs> Never knew a could hurt like this. Like, I, I just, I couldn't. <laughs> like this. When she started to actually, like, embrace the hate. Like, I mean, yes, embrace anger. the hurt Silly and the hate. Silly me, like I thought your anger. love was true. Love was true. Change my name. My name to, to Silly Ibadu. Mm. Oh, my God. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, no, it's it's the message for me. And it's the, yeah, it's the voice for me. Mm. She really shaped me. Like, when we're talking about shaping, she shaped the me to the woman that I am right now. Mm. And I am forever grateful for that because those lessons in that album will probably stick with me forever for the rest of my life. Yes. So yeah, I love that. I love that music can do that. Great pick with Mama's Gun. That is, I mean, ooh. Mm. Sylvia, all right, your turn. Girl, so y'all knew, y'all knew there was not not gonna be a Beyonce album on You're this. Gonna it was not will there be a Beyonce album on Sylvia's list the question was which which Beyonce album was gonna be on this list because I love them all like my kids mm-hmm. I don't like to pick a favorite but when we're talking about albums about make that made us as women 2006 was a year for me I was 16 I was in love for the first time I was in a relationship for the first time I was part going out a little bit here and there for the first time and Beyonce Giselle Knowles. God help me. She said sophomore curse wear and dropped B-Day right before her birthday in 2006. And when I tell you that album 
A, it's it's aged phenomenally, but when I tell you that album was a changing point, not just in Beyonce's career, but like to me in modern R&D, R&B music at that time because it was the instrumentals were there, the trumpets, the horns, the 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 music, the band. You want to talk about bringing talking about talking about production. Production. We're talking about <laughs> production. <laughs> That made me fall in love, even more in love with production. Production. Like the Neptunes, Dark Child, Swiss Beats. You had everybody. Uh, anybody Rich who Harrison. was everybody was producing on this. And then and the first single, because what the first single is top three. My listen, on, on certain days, this is my favorite Beyonce song. It's definitely my favorite Beyonce and Jay-Z collaboration. Deja motherfucking Vu. Deja mm. motherfucking Vu is the single that she dropped to introduce the song, and all you heard was doom, 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 boom, boom. Like she, doom, she doom, said doom, doom, tempo. Doom, 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 she called, she was calling the instruments like ha ha, bass. I was like, and this is how Beyonce was letting you know she was building the momentum. Like we are in for a band performance we are going live baby like i am i i lost my shit the first time i heard deja vu and i have not stopped losing my shit every time since she hit us with the josephine baker choreography she had the bang i love beyonce but she had the bang (laughs) that was peak bang bang times too and she did not let go. Like, she put her stiletto on the neck and did not let up the pressure till the very end. I'm talking, there's deja vu. We get me bodied. You want to talk about get me bodied mm-hmm. in 2006 and how you wasn't going to nowhere. Nowhere. Right. This is also when, <laughs> by the way, we was going to the uh, to the, the clubs, like the, the teen 16, clubs. 17 to enter, 21 so to drink. Out. Shout out to Philadelphia. Yeah, shout out to club. <laughs> Yeah, I must, shout out to Club Abyss. Abyss. If you if you've been there, if you know, you know. If you know, you know. If you've right. ducked, you've ducked. You know, you know. <laughs> but get me bodied was get it. Get me bodied. Like, you couldn't tell me shit. You want to talk about, like, she bringing back instructions? Like, when Beyonce said drop down low and sweep the floor with it, you better believe I did. You better believe I did. You know how crazy it was looking? Do like Every, and it was like the DJ better play it all the way through. You better be playing the extended version, and you better not stop until I can pat 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 my weave real quick. Right, pose for the camera <laughs> now. Click click, click click. We was out here. We was out here just. And if you and your nigga. girls didn't have the choreo together, y'all wasn't real friends. Y'all wasn't right. a squad. Tick tick tick. tick right. We was really tick fighting in Club Abyss. We was like oh 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 a uh, 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 none. Everywhere. And I promise you, yes. if that let somebody drop, let outside open and a DJ drop get me bodied. I will do every single move again in the year of our Lord 2021. Yes, I will. We're taking it for granted. <laughs> We're we taking take, it for granted. We're taking it for granted. But yeah, so like, so those were definitely like my standout songs. But there was every song on there, Sugar Mama, Upgrade You. Upgrade You was also a J track. Talk your shit. Talk, talk your, your shit. shit. You want to talk about talking your shit? Talk I know you, shit. you the. I know that she said I know that you the buff, but I'm the lights that keep the street on. Okay, what, what? I know that I'm alone, but I'm alone for a reason. Sending a reason. me a drink ain't appeasing. Sending me a drink ain't appeasing. Believe, Believe me. me. Come you- harder. This won't be easy. Standard. I could not wait. <laughs> I could not wait to grow up. And do this in the club because, of course, there were no drinks at the club where Water. I was at. That was me with a coke. But I was just so Send ready. Right, I was so ready. And believe me, believe me, come harder. This will be easy. like I don't know what they were supposed to do. This will be easy. Like I like, and then she was also naming brands that I just was able to become, even just have a little bit enough money to under, even know what they were. Because Beyonce was, let me tell you, Upgrade You was my sidekick ringtone. Shout out to the sidekicks. Sylvia, what was your aim name? God, you want to embarrass me like this? (laughs) What was your your aim name? I just need to know right now. I had two. Okay, so one of them was Jersey Girl with some set of numbers. But Jersey, like J-E-R-Z-I- G-U-R-L, you know, that kind of Jersey girl. Girl. The other one was Jersey Dimples girl. with a Z-O-8. Of course it was. Because that was the year I graduated high school. And I had Dimples. So, like, everybody, like, some, that would be, like, a little bit of my nick. Sometimes people would call me Dimples. So I was like, Dimples away. Because I was Dimples. There was always a Dimples in a group. <laughs> always. What was your I name? I I had a Dimples. 
my aim name at the time. This is before we canceled him, but it was uh, Flashing Lights 321. Ah, because of course it was. Flashing <laughs> Lights. That was a huge Kanye West fan. Of course it was. Uh, but, before that, it was Coffee Brown Queen. Please pray for me. It was my mom that came up with that name. Wow, I could just re- I could I could smell the the cigarettes from the Smoking Word Poetry House right. <laughs> like, just Coffee from that Brown name. Queen. Like I could just I could just it was like wow. Suddenly I was transported to the you den. Can, you could smell the <laughs> the hotep oil from right. the back of the, the year. <laughs> just there but no but back to be but back to b-day because b-day was it i really was just like just so y'all remember the hits that was on there ring the alarm kitty cat freakum dress green light and these aren't even this the the song the number one singles like kitty cat okay ring the alarm i don't even know it's like ring the alarm let's start okay thank you let's go there let's go to ring the alarm You want to talk about talking about a feeling that i hadn't really heard expressed this well before about one of the reasons why you don't want to break up with that nigga is because you've done all the work to build a Bobisha. You done Bobisha yep. it up and built the bear. And then she's going to go on to the next bitch. She going to be rocking with your little coats. I let you go. <laughs> like, like, that's not happening. That's, that's not, not ha- happening. So you mean to tell me if I let you go right now after all the work I done put into this man and his communication skills and all the other things, I'm going to lose him? To who? But then in turn, Beyonce made me so excited to have that experience. Like, <laughs> even with the music video, I was like, I want to wild out like that. Like, that looked like some shit that I wanted to do. Like, I want to bust the alarm. up in the motherfucker. I've been through this too long, right. but I'll be damned if I but see another chick on your arm. The chick on your arm. The music video was fire. The music video for oh. that was fire. The, the, the literal alarm, like the bell, the whistle. Like, she was literally using... If there was the a single tear, remember when the tear came down, the tear, when she was like, how could you look at me? Yes. Like that, that tear right here. I said, that's acting. Beyonce is giving us <laughs> a performance. She's giving for the Oscars. Giving, give it to mama. Hmm. But what I'm saying about oh. this, like, and the point give. about this and like the empowerment, like the, the feeling of like those, like usually things that you might be too ashamed to say, like. I would be damned if I seen the chick on your arm. That's like possessiveness that we weren't really taught to embrace or like told that we get to feel or be like seen with it that way. And then even like Kitty Cat, when she's talking about how he don't deserve the pussy, essentially. So take it. Let's go, Kitty Cat. Like I got, you know what I mean? He don't want them all. (laughs) It's like, it's worth it. Like you have the prize there or freakum dress when it's like, cause when you hit him with, cause when he does wrong. Hit him up top. This is just song. Mm. And it, for me, being in a, like I said, I was 16. I was in love for the first time. I was in a relationship for so I mean, that meant I was arguing for the first time. That meant I was experiencing mm-hmm. what it was like to trust or to like to the fear of trust or the concern about being cheated on or like even just like the insecurity of like what it feels like to love another being that could just go out and not know how he's behaving when you're not around. Like the, there were certain emotions that were expressed in B-Day that I was being able to have firsthand knowledge of for the first time in my life, just as a woman, which is why I specifically picked this album. I mean, A, it's phenomenal, right? And it was hugely underrated at the time, but it also was like, as much as like to the left, to the left, don't you ever get to thinking you're irreplaceable? Go like, go. I needed to like, these are the things we needed to hear in high school about these dusty boys. Right, them boys was dusty. (laughs) But Scotty, the song I've really been building up to talk about. Please let's talk about it for B-Day. Just for two seconds. I can't, I would be remiss if I did not Mm -mm. speak about resentment. Because when I I tell you, it don't matter how in love or single you are, you hit play on resentment, you immediately transform into Bernadette and Waiting to Exhale. I don't, or like a woman who has just been scorned. Even I can't even, I'm so single, I can't even fantasize. I don't even have a nigga to fantasize about cheating on me. Right. <laughs> to like, to even picture while I'm singing this song and I still, each lyric hits like a bullet. It's really right. just a vulnerability for me. You want to talk about like, I don't think I've ever heard expressing so like thoroughly, especially like in that last verse, what it feels like to be cheated on by the love of your life. 
And it's like, because I think there's a lot of things you're usually, like, we're so used to the anger of it, like the ring the alarm of it, or like the not going to cry of it, that we don't talk about the, I know she was attractive, but I was there first, insecurity The confusion. Of it. It's the com- insecurity and the confusion. Like, I'm angry, yes, I'm all these things, but I am severely confused. Like, I was here first, been riding with you for years why did i why did i deserve that like what did and it's like and then even just like talked about heartbreak last listen we just talked about you want to talk about a song to not like to not listen to when you heartbroken it's gonna because i'm not heartbroken now and i was sad she she said i used to be so strong now you took my soul i'm crying can't stop can't stop crying. crying And then if you didn't hear me, the guy said, I can't stop crying. And then she gets to the point of the matter, which is the, you could have told me the truth and avoided half of this pain. Right. Because she was like. You wasn't happy. You could have told me that instead of wasting my fucking time. You wasn't happy. I know you didn't want to hurt me. I know you didn't want to hurt me, but but look look what what you you fucking did now, nigga. I got to look at that whack bitch. In her in eyes, her, mother, her mediocre fucking eyeballs, her crooked, and lazy eye, her fucking and see, lazy eyes, had, her spaced out eyeballs, had, with her unplucked, need to be threaded eyebrows, knowing that she had half of me, half of me, when she ain't even bitch. half of me, <laughs> not even a quarter, not even nothing. She can't not nothing. Half of me, my stock just went up over two million. And then you want to come and do this? You want to act like this? How could you lie? Like I love that it ends with that simple question because ain't that just that? the question? Why did you lie? Why, why did, did you? Do why did you? It didn't have to be like this, nigga. <laughs> Like oh, yeah. it's the okay. perfect, it's All the right. perfect. It's just, I just, she just expressed it so well, and I just, I thank her for that vulnerability because it definitely gave me a glimpse. Like my ass was in love. I felt like when I heard resentment, I still remember being in the car driving down the highway. I forget where I was going, and I heard I was listening to resentment, and I was in love. I hadn't been heartbroken yet, and that shit made me scared as shit. I said, this is where I'm heading. I wish I would have heard this song before I fell in love. It's too late. It's too late. <laughs> like, I can't, right. I can't do anything. Like, it was really like, this is what it's going to, like, it was like a, like a warning. And she went wrong. She was not wrong. But that. It's triggering every single time. The fact that this album had deja vu and resentment, like, the, the range. The range of this album, it was perfect. It was a perfect time. I can't believe this September, it will be have been 15 years. This is the 15th anniversary year of B-Day. So I'm really excited for that reason too, to honor it a little bit. But Beyonce, mm-hmm. Giselle knows, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you. Scotty, what is your last pick? Okay, now... Now, there are people who seek refuge in music looking for answers. And then there are... People who allow music to search for the problem and have you asking questions. So like, mm. seat at the table, Solange. Let's just go on and move to the next Noel sister. Yeah, let's let's make it current. Like, <laughs> let's move on, let's bring, it, <laughs> let's bring it to now, yes. Solange was the first time an album had me asking so many fucking questions. Uh, that album evoked so many emotions. Um, that I've always suppressed, that I didn't think that was important. Uh, that album was the biggest check-in, <laughs> self-check-in that I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> like It was the check-in we didn't ask for, we didn't know it was coming. We, I had no idea. You it know, was like intervention. The <laughs> album title alone was what I wanted my whole entire career at that point. You know, I was working my kneecaps off to be seen at this job, questioning every ounce of my being because the industry was ripping me apart, thinking I was never, you know, I could never meet the standard of what they were looking for. You know, the higher ups kept wanting to change things about me. And Mm. I just felt like I wasn't enough. Like me, the black girl that I am, that I've grown to love was not enough. And the only way to increase my value was to neglect the girl that I've grown to love for 26 years. So I couldn't mm. do it. And 
I couldn't give up on myself. Like I couldn't give up on the girl that I've grown to love. So that made me feel guilty that I wasn't, I wasn't able to do whatever it takes to get the job, which means change myself, you know, have different, you know, morals or, you know, believe in different things. Like I, I just, I couldn't do it. And right. I was beating myself up for it for so long and um, not being able to be seen or heard at the job like that really put me in a place where first I feel like I was in the sunken place. I didn't know that I was hurting that much until Seat at the Table came out. Mm. It, revealed no idea. It, it revealed the pain that you didn't realize you were feeling. Yeah. Well, Solange held up that mirror. You know, Ooh. she held up that mirror to my she face, the whole that. album, and she showed me that I was not okay. She showed me what my reflection really looked like. You know, like, this is what you're going through. You can't mm -hmm. suppress it any longer. So, mm -mm. you know, that album, even from the top to bottom, the top of it to the bottom, literally like rise, Falling I teared up. Ways. I teared up. That album made me want to take therapy more seriously. That's actually when I started getting into therapy. Okay. Was uh, when I heard Seat at the Table because I knew that there were unresolved things, questions that I needed answers to that this music has posed for me and I needed answers to them. And the only way I could was by peeling back these layers peeling back the amount of suppression and the the throw you know the sweeping under the rugs i don't know how many rugs i had but child it was time for me <laughs> to peel them back and figure out why this floor is so dirty you know what's the Ooh. reason so yeah. a seat at the table did that for me i mean we we all know the songs but for me for me cranes in the sky okay that's exactly what i was doing I have never felt so seen by a song until I heard that song. And I was like, wait, but that's what that's what I do. I thought that was self-care. No, it's not self-care if you're trying to keep if you're, you know, you're trying to distract yourself from your healing, which we were talking about last um, last episode. I about to say if your distractions won't save you, can't, distractions won't heal you was a song. That's it. That's the song. And Crazy That's exactly what I was doing. Try I was to trying drink to heal it away, myself. Smoke it away. Fuck it cry away. Cry it away. Cry it away, away. Buy it away. Everything. Away. 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 <laughs> and away. it just wouldn't go the fuck away. <laughs> Shit. It was the biggest eye opener ever. I just, I mean, that ended mad. Now let me tell you something. <laughs> and we needed, like, you want to talk about telling people you have the right to be mad. The power of telling black women especially that we have the right to be mad. First of all, I have a lot to be mad about. Like, <laughs> Got a lot to be mad about. The constant questions of where did your love go? Where did you, like, where did, yes, we still have the love, but I still have a lot of pain too. And I have a lot to be upset about. I, and and the fact that I'm a, she said I'm not allowed to be mad. I'm not allowed mm. to be mad. Mm. That's exactly how I felt. I just I'm not allowed to be mad. I have to suck it up and keep enduring this pain that I continue to get because that's normal. Yeah, it's what comes with being a black woman, right? Yeah, it's it's, it's what you need to to get stronger. Yeah, she like took the angry black woman and flipped it on its head. Like she right. took that trope and that stereotype and was like, actually, the angry black woman has a right to be mad. She's got a lot to be mad about. So instead of pointing and just calling her and like, like how about you her fucking angry listen black to her. woman? How about you figure out what you're doing to make her angry? How about right. you figure out why she's what the society's country has done to make right. her angry? And then the fact Stop that this album came out in 2016 during the 2016 election. It was just black people were mad. We had a lot to be mad about. The Black Lives yeah, Matter movement was up and swinging. And it was just like a perfect swan song of like, I can be angry. I need to be angry. Because what's worse is if I suppress this anger, what it's doing to me, what it's doing to our loved one, what it's doing to our family, what it's doing to our healing. We have to, You know, we talk about the importance of emoting. And like being yeah. sad, like going through the feelings, it's important because when you suppress them, that toxicity stays inside your body and it has effects. Right. 
a lot of times we become the poster children for fucking what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, but actually it is killing. It's killing you emotionally, mentally. You know, they, they're talking yes. about the physical, but what's inside matters too. So yes. yes, it's harming me. It's harmful, you know, to to have that rhetoric of like, yeah, it, it can just makes me stronger. By this no, time, we the no. Hulk. We are the right. Hulk compared. And it will we're kill good. you we too. We don't need any more. <laughs> and it's like, yes. And while we're on the subject of being angry, while I'm at it, also, don't touch my hair, ho. I'm yeah, tired um, of smiley, politely smiling when you <laughs> when you're like, oh, your hair is so lovely. I am. St- you don't own us anymore. You can't just touch us when you want to. We are not property. We are people. <laughs> yeah. Personal space boundaries. Shit, I've been waiting, Sylvia. Just I know one time, <laughs> I want somebody's crusty ass white finger to Ashy, reach, unmanicured reach for my hair. Please do it. <laughs> like you won't what? have it no more. That I'm is- glad that that I'm glad that that came out too before COVID because keep your hands to yourself, especially in these times. <laughs> but no, that was necessary. But my one of. Another song that I have to talk about that was on this album was Fubu, because mm. I love the song started out all my niggas in the whole wide world, yeah, and I just she said this shit is for us, and I love the interlude before it too with Miss Tina about you know talking about how like just because we're embracing black culture doesn't mean that we are putting down yours just let us embrace ours and the situation is that the fact that it feels threatened and i mean and in this situation too like not even just white people but like all you know there's a whole people all the people of color like we all like it's like yes but like just (laughs) (laughs) like when i said black you know it it was was that song where it was like no i said black you know like people be like black women you mean people no black i said black capitalized the b when i said black and like don't feel like don't be threatened by the fact that you're left out of something learn how to be left out of something i wish y'all would leave us out of stuff more you know what i mean like please and I, that song was just so perfect because i do feel like we were come like with black lives matter on a second and came this embracing of us speaking up about how black culture is culture and how nothing moves without us and embracing what we bring to that we created the table actually that we're fighting to get to see that we built it and then y'all pushed us away and now we're scrapping to get seats at it. And don't be mad when we come together and build, rebuild things for us because you won't let us in. And so now you want to not only not let us into your shit, but when we build shit, you feel you want to be all lives mattering it because you're not a part of it now or like mad that you can't say nigga. And that's why I love that she specifically said nigga so many times and addressed us as niggas in a loving way because mm-hmm. you can't have that either. Yeah, because it, it was intentional. And I remember listening to it with the digital team at the time. I was with the digital team and it was all black kids. At that time, we were young. So it was a bunch of black kids listening to it. And we were just, swaying and dancing and this was our first time listening to it so we were just like we were so happy that we had something that was ours and that Mm. at the time we were creating something that was for us that that we can protect that we're trying to protect you know it's a bunch of creative a, a black creatives trying to sit and and push the world forward. Yep. I mean, that's what I love most about music is that it has a way of revealing yourself to yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, we have albums that also save us from ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what this album did for me. Yeah. You know, it saved me from myself, uh, from I'm sure the destruction that I was going to do later. because. <laughs> You know, had I kept suppressing it, so thank you, Solange, for for real, uh, holding up that mirror that I needed, that I hid yeah. from myself. So yes, yeah, that is my third. Silvio, give me your third one, and I feel like it's gonna be good. You know, it's just so I love that the last album you did brought us to 2016 because that is also where my third pick resides. That is also the year it blessed us as well. Mm. My third pick is Anti 
aka Rihanna's magnum opus, a decade into her career, she gave us the bad bitch that is the anti-album. And honestly, I'm not even surprised she hasn't given us much since because what (laughs) she gave us so much in this album that I, when we talk about shaping us as women, the reason why I'm picking is because again, like this is, these are not, I'm not saying these are my top three favorite albums of all time or anything like that. I'm just saying that these are albums that specifically spoke to me as a woman, shaped me as a woman. And the thing about anti was 26 I had just started working at BuzzFeed, so I was just starting to like finally feel like I'm at a place in my career where like, cool. It was also my first single summer as a grown woman. Mm. Like, grown woman had been, had two heartbreaks at that point, realized that like, okay, we might be cruising in. I was like 26 when this album came out, but I was like, we might not see marriage in our 20s. I was correct. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so like, what it did for me, a good girl, quote unquote good girl, who didn't really, who was still trying to figure out as a single grown woman dating, what kind of rules or things that society may have put on me that I wanted to reshape for myself to take control of that narrative with. And Rihanna is the perfect bad bitch to guide you through that journey because Mm -hmm. she was like, when certain songs like um, Needed Me, Needed Me is a standout for me on Anti because... Rihanna's gonna talk her shit, but she's also gonna like not be ashamed of being selfish in her dating mm-hmm. life and her romantic life and being a savage if she wants to. Like when she was like trying to fix your inner issues with a bad bitch, didn't I tell you that I was a savage? Fuck your white horse you and your carriage. Fuck, she said, fuck the white horse and the carriage. That's where I was at. In the year of our Lord 2016, I had said, fuck the horse in the white carriage. You could never, like, it's, you needed me. Like, you need me. These niggas need us. And me learning the game from, like, a, like that kind of standpoint where it's like, oh, this is a game we're all playing. And, like, let me have some fun with it. Let me not make it all about love and heartbreak. Let me enjoy that middle gray area of the fun, the mess, the, the learning lessons you get there. You know, having the kind of, yeah, I said it sex. Where you're not, you know, when she's telling him what she wants. Here's what I want. Here's what you're going to do. And one thing about this session, I'm an orgasm. Okay? We, whatever we got to do to get there. Like, we're not going to, we're not faking it around here no more kind of thing. Like, it's like, you know, it's like I want to do these things. And just even um, kiss it better. That's another, I feel like, very sexually aggressive, but like uh, empoweringly sexual song. You know what I mean? Where she's like, fuck your pride. Take it all back. Take it all back. <laughs> Keep me up all night. Like, <laughs> do so what you that want. Was, do. That was the guide for me. Like, like, I already knew. I mean, come on. What kind of person I was. But <laughs> the the play with that nigga era was definitely play the anti-era. Play it with that per- nigga. It was just a good... Play with that nigga. Work was the perfect, like, you remember just work, work with Drake. Like, I'm just glad that Rihanna and Drake, everything that came from it, at least it led up to the gift that was work. At least we all got work out of it because the amount of nights, the Brooklyn summers, the nights in um, little like little bars or restaurants when you dancing or little parties and rooftop kickbacks in Brooklyn and work is playing and the summer breeze is in your air and the rum punch is hitting. It was like when when the rum punch hit and you you drunk and then you call your ex and you like this whiskey got me feeling pretty. Okay. So pardon if I'm impolite. So pardon if I'm I really need your ass with I just me. need your ass with me. I'm sorry about the other night. Like, And I knew I could be more creative. creative. Anyway. And, and come, come up, up with, with poetic, poetic lies. Yes. But you don't mean it. Like, I know for a fact you don't mean it. You drunk. But I need but you, you right take now. Me higher. Come here. You take me higher. Higher than higher I've ever I've been, been, babe. Babe. Like, I, like, it's like, that's the thing. It's like one minute, like, it was like, you can be all of these things. It was permission to not ask for permission. That's what anti, like, that's the energy anti gave me, where it was like, 
you are the bad bitch savage, but then sometimes, you know, you can call a nigga back because you have feelings too and you're drunk and we all, we're not perfect. You don't have to pretend to be too perfect to have, go from, yeah, I said it and kiss it better too higher and close to you or same old mistakes. Literally a song about being able to make the same mistake over and over again. How that sometimes is a part of your life and your healing journey. Yeah. I was no longer in the place where I wanted a love album or a breakup album. I wanted the shit in between. You know what I mean? Because that's what I was and that's what anti is. It was anti-standard. It was anti, like, so I love even what it was called. Anti whatever it is you think I'm supposed to be doing or whatever set of rules I'm supposed to be following. Right. Fuck that. I'm not doing that I'm shit. I'm anti. I'm doing whatever I want to do. Give me a motherfucking break. Yep. So, yes, I love that. I love it. I love it. I love it. And then we have a collective. We, we've said our three each. But we yes. have a collective one that I think we could we should talk about it a little bit, you know, just a little, because I think everybody has heard this motherfucking soundtrack. If you have not, please fight me uh, outside. But <laughs> please go get some taste. <laughs> go complete. get some taste. Go <laughs> go go pick it up please. in the store. Um, because this is an iconic, iconic soundtrack that me and Scotty both adore and wanted to share we couldn't let either one of us only take full claim to it because it definitely shaped us completely so we're talking about waiting to exhale the soundtrack yes. <laughs> baby okay. face put his foot leg arm all of it into this into this here soundtrack we love the the movie movie's perfect absolutely but it wouldn't have been perfect without that soundtrack and Babyface literally wrote every single track, which he had intended for Whitney to only sing until Whitney was like, nah, I'm not singing. I don't even know if I'm going to sing. <laughs> but but like, now that I'm- lines to memorize. I got, like, got a lot going on right now. So you're going to have fun. But she also said, if I sing on this, that does mean that I get to say who's on it and who's not on it. So we have to thank Whitney Houston too for- mm-hmm. Supplying the vibes for knowing who to put on these tracks. It's a sisterhood album. It's a sisterhood album and it's perfect soundtrack to talk about on Women's History Month because this is women's history. Way into Tales is women's history. And it was such a time capsule of the best voices. Not even just at that time because Whitney's ear is so superb and baby faces. These are artists that have stood the test of time. And that speaks to their, you know, ability to, 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 pick out and curate right. the vibes in this matter. Let's talk about some of the songs. What are, what are your favorite? What's one of your favorites? My favorite, I can't, my favorite <laughs> are, I Depends really on the week, depends on the it season. It really does. Um, um, it does. It does transfer because I will say like, I mean, obviously at the time sitting up in my room felt like a, it was the younger vibe because it did mm-hmm. come out in the early 90s. So like initially that was my favorite song for a long time. I love Brandy. Brandy was hyped to get picked. Lord knows she has not let us forget to this day. <laughs> Whitney handpicked her. She was the only young girl that got picked to be on this album. And oh, I too Jesus. would carry that bag with a badge of pride and mm-hmm. never let y'all forget it. So I get that. Um, and TLC um, also was a bit of the youth there. But I would have to say, for me, not, I mean, Not Gonna Cry was the song. Was the song, was song. for that. Song. Like, but it has become such the commercial song. Not to, but I don't want to gloss over it because it's become the commercial song. Like, I was your lover and your secretaire is a bar working every day of the week. Ooh, I'm getting chills. Yes. Like, I was at the job when no one else was, no there, was there. Helping, helping you get you on get your feet. 11 years. On. Ah, on your feet. Feist. Not on your feet. Ha ha on your feet. And you so, can leave me at the drop of a dime? I swallow after I swallowed my tears and stood by your side. I should have let your ass. A I don't think times. anything hurts more. Mm, what hurts? Then why does it hurt so bad? Why does it Because hurt you thought so you were over him. <laughs> And then why do I feel so feel sad? So sad. Like, I thought I was over you. That's when it's the worst. When you But thought- I keep crying. When I when I when I'm supposed to not love your ass. Like I'm supposed to not really want to be with you. But I keep so crying why, about it. So why does so it t- hurt? Give me the answers. So 
thought I had thought let I, you thought go, I. but mm, I gotta mm. get you, get you out, out of my head. Oh my! That's God. my breakup song. That's the breakup song for me. Yeah. Something about Whitney's voice, the pain in Whitney's voice. Whitney is just so good at emoting whatever the feeling is of the song in her just in her chords those are blessed anointed chords child but that's why they know better name like why does it hurt yeah. so bad Woo! that one in aretha's hurts it hurts like hell because aretha aretha said she, let me remind you who who birthed this <laughs> she was like if the kids need me if i must when the violins hit and she starts with that oh baby i said oh she's about to really give us the biggest hug ever and like put place her hand on the bottom of my back and say sis he don't love you by the end of it hurts like hell if you are not in the posture of praise i don't know love is always supposed to be and it would always hit during Bernadine's scenes. Bernadine would be in her beautiful big ass house crying over this nigga that left her for a white woman. And then Aretha will just, you just hear the. Oh, baby. It was like, that will, those are the songs that hurt the most. But there are also some sexy songs on there that I enjoy. Like how it works. Like TLC definitely did that one. But my favorite sexy song on this album is SWV's All Night Long. I think it's a very underrated track on this um, so soundtrack, but I love, she was like, baby, you can call on me anytime yeah, that you're in the knee. But my favorite part, and Bryson Tiller just actually recently sampled this song um, on his new album, but baby, you know I keep yes. it nice and warm and satisfied. Yeah, I'm always hot for you. I love that song. Like it was like, boy, I love that song. do really you? Nice. All. It's just a vibe, night long. I was gonna say Shaka's "My Funny Val- Valentine" was my favorite because "My Funny Valentine" has been covered so many times, so many, and not one can measure up to "My Funny Valentine" by Shaka Khan. <laughs> like Shaka said, it's my song now. It's literally, <laughs> you know, that just speaks to how great of a vocalist Shaka Khan is. Like I, I will forever stand for Shaka Khan. Chow, that voice. Like that voice. even watching her perform still and she's like performing next to like upcoming singers or, you know, current singers and you see them wailing, like turning over, trying to find, you know, the diaphragm, the voice so that the <laughs> air can come up. How and do Shaka I twist my body to sound like this? In one spot. Singing Not even moving. with barely moving her face, all of the power. <laughs> so like, yeah, I, I forever. It's Same crazy. thing for Whitney. It's just insane. Like, if take a moment one day and just watch Whitney Houston performances and literally stand in dis- disbelief that that kind of power can exist in such a small body, small Little. frame. Like, woo. And then, but there's the friendship song of all friendship songs. I was about to say the first and the last. Whitney Houston, exhale, because when she said, when you have shoop, friends who wish shoop, you well, shoop, shoop, you'll find a point when you will exhale. exhale. She you created will. a whole set. You heard of shoop before shoop? You heard of, you heard of shoop before? I hadn't. She made <laughs> no. it like, Whitney gave us a whole, <laughs> she made it up. <laughs> yeah, and then you got count on me. Now, mm. this is what Wait and Exhale did for me, although it did show how trifling niggas are and whatever, but- like we knew what that. the main message was, well, we knew that we we have daddies, but what <laughs> what it did for me was point out the importance of tribe, the importance of having like a, a group of friends who really wish you, wish well, you well, who are there for you. You know, my mom has again the same friends, and and that's what I tailor. I think my friendships. Like my mom's friendships with her friends where she's been friends with her friends since college. And those are my aunties, you know? Those mm-hmm. are the women who shaped me to the women I, for the woman I am today. So it's just the importance of count on me. Like, I don't care what I'm doing. I'm always, yes, shit is gonna fall apart, but please count on me not moving, not once. 
from your side because I'm gonna always be here. Like that's how I feel about my friends. That's how I feel about my family. And I love when they have the dialogue, you know, between Whitney and Cece where Cece. she's like, I, I, you know, I shouldn't. Like, I, I can't. She's like, girl, call me. Call him. Call me. Count on Bring me. Bring back talking Don't on play. R&B tracks, please. Right. <laughs> when they go back and forth, she's like, you sure? You're like, yeah, girl, call me. I'm not playing with you. A friendship that will never end when you are weak. You want to talk about teaching people about how to be your friend? Like, I mean, mm. I think also watching Wayne to Exhale over and over and over again at such an early time in my life. And then I, I mean, because my mom loved the movie. Whose mom did? My mom had read the book. We had the cassette soundtrack, kids, the mm-hmm. cassette. And then mm-hmm. we later got the CD. But revisiting Wayne to Exhale in college is really when I started rewatching it over and over again just as myself. And learning this soundtrack and even the song where it talks about when you are weak, I will be strong, helping you to carry on. To carry like that on. is a friendship. Like, call, okay, she's weak. I'll be strong. I'm going to be strong in her weakness. She's going to be made strong in my weakness and vice versa. And we're going to help each other carry on. Like it's about the imperfect shit. Like it's easy to be friends when everything is going right. When your life is falling apart and everything's falling apart and, you know, or even like when you're an imperfect person, you know, you're not being a good friend in the moment for that love to sustain throughout that is like the core of it. And I love that this movie and the soundtrack showed me as a woman that your girlfriends can be your soulmates too. Yes, 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 100%. They can be your happy ending. Because I remember thinking like, they have only Gloria ended up with a man. What, why are they so happy? And then it's realizing that like, the happiness is not in those niggas. No, it's, it's, <laughs> it's your in, real soulmates, your it's friends. It's with, so, with your girls. That your is the love that will stand the test of time. And <laughs> when you are, t- so I just want to say, I know sometimes it seems as if, as if. <laughs> we're standing all alone, but we'll, we'll get, get through, through it because mm. love will not let us fall <laughs> or love will let us fall. What is it? Love will let won't let us fall. fall. Love won't, won't let us fall. Let yeah. us fall. Love Oh yeah, no, that was that's that's it's it's so magical. It's like, so magical. It really it's a good feeling when you like me. We we've sung that song together before. Mm-hmm. Like I've sang it with some other. Like I love singing that song with my close girlfriends because that's really what it is. Like count on, I tear up every you can time. Count on me at the end. And yes, they dramatize how long they keep saying count on, oh, count, count on, count on, count on, because it's it's. <laughs> Eternal. That much. That it's much. Etern- it's forever. It's Don't. Eternal. It will never, ever expire. I will always be here as long as I am breathing breath on this earth, and probably past that, I am going to be there. I. You can count on me to be here. So yes, yes. we gonna count on for minutes. Scotty, count on, count on me. Yeah, Scotty. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can count on me. Oh, I know. Yes, you can. Sure you can. Joy. I no, you can. I can't. <laughs> I love that part. Sure you can, girl. Count Guess on. I can. Count <laughs> Ooh, wow. uh, I, I'm literally going to listen to all these albums right now. Like, thank you to these black women. Thank you. Thank you. And to so many other black women, Nina, I mean, Simone, I didn't get to say an album. But when we talk one day, when we have that discussion... <laughs> Y'all best believe we going to talk about Nina Simone um, and Billie Holiday, too, you know, who have created the music that will bring me joy and strength for the rest of my life. So I am mm. forever, ever grateful thankful. for music. We are grateful for these women. Yeah, for music and, and being able to show yourself so that I can be seen. So thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. All right. That's our show, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to all of our favorite picks. I hope you felt seen and represented in our feelings, too, because I know we were not alone in that. Like, I know you, like a lot of our listeners, were going through the same stuff at the same time with some of these albums. So I hope you all dug the conversation. 
Yes, our show is a production of Pineapple Street Studios in partnership with Netflix and Strong Black Lead. Shout out to our team. Executive producers are Agaranesha Shagre and Danielle Cadet. Our lead producer is Jess Jupiter. Our music is by Amanda Jones. Special thanks to Max Linsky and Jenna Weisberman. Make sure you share your thoughts with us on the episode using the hashtag OKNowListen. Follow Strong Black Lead on the socials at Strong Black Lead. And follow us too. I'm at Sylvia O'Bell. And I'm at Scotty Beam. Until next time, folks, stay blessed. Bye. Listen to them songs. (laughs) 